back to the newest episode of penpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matt Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people who can benefit the writing community. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Vlad Bustiak. How are you today, Vlad? Thank you for having me. I'm pretty good. Excited to get into the podcast and talk more. It's my absolute pleasure to have you here, Vlad. You are a marketing expert for self-published authors, correct? Yes, that's correct. I love it. I know myself being a self-published author and a ghostwriter who writes for plenty of people who go the self-published road. I get asked questions on marketing more than I can count. And generally, not only do I not like answering them, I don't have the answers. It's, it's not my specialty. My specialty is writing a high quality product and then hoping folks like yourself can help them market it and make it great. Yeah, sounds good. So yeah, there's definitely the quality aspect of the books is something that's it's very important. Uh, just to kind of give a bit of a background to what I do. So I work with self-published authors and in, back in 2017, I started working with contemporary romance authors and they were very successful. And the first books that I, I basically worked on, we were able to get them as high as number two best-selling book in the whole Kindle store. So that was pretty big. So I was fortunate enough to work with some of the best in the industry. And then I basically moved towards other niches as well. So I started with contemporary romance authors, and then I went into other niches as well. And I was able to learning like the best things that work for big authors. Then I, I was able to apply them for, you know, even new authors that started from zero where we were able to scale them. We even have a case, we scaled the, an author from zero to $8 million. So, you know, like doing this thing over and over, we basically learned what's the essential way to grow an audience and make them come back and buy over and over. Because if you want to scale this big, then you obviously need to understand how to attract those readers. And then the quality of the books, as you said, like that's one, that's what it's going to keep them coming back to you. If the quality is not there, then, you know, you're not going to have, uh, you're not going to be able to, to scale this business basically. Got it. Yeah, I definitely can attest to that. I'm curious, where did your passion for marketing come from? So I started off, I was working as a graphic designer in when I was in university. And then I was always kind of hitting, you know, you'd have to do banners or some sort of logos. And it always kind of ties back to an audience, like you need to appeal to an audience. So that always kind of took me to, okay, how do I make this banner or image so that it appeals to this specific audience? So it always kind of, for me, the way I saw it, it always kind of leads back to marketing and how to position yourself, how to make something that appeals to a specific type of reader. So slowly I understood that the high leverage things are more in marketing than necessarily in, you know, design and graphic design. So then I just naturally went that route and I, and my design was kind of, I would say better because, you know, the other people that I was able to understand the market and then give them basically what they, something that would resonate with them. And this is basically the same principle that we apply in marketing for authors It's the same thing. It's like, how do you create something that appeals to a specific audience in order for them to give you a chance to read a book or get to know you as an author? So what made you decide, or was it rather random or fortuitous to work with authors specifically? I just came across a, a guy and uh, he had a publishing company. He was like basically self-published and he was doing ghostwriting at the time. And, um, it wasn't like the specific thing. I just, I was looking for clients and he was looking for someone to do marketing for him. 
And it just seemed I was doing uh, Facebook ads at the time as a freelancer. And then he contacted me and then we did the launch, his first launch that we did. And that was like the most successful that he, he did that went to number two. And then basically, because I helped this guy, I just leveraged all the information that he had on his accounts and I understood what worked. Then he had other uh, people that were publishing books as well. And then he referred me to other ones. And that's basically how I kind of made it in the, the publishing space. And, you know, those guys needed marketing every month. So it was a lot of work for me. So I took as many clients as I could. And then further down the line, I basically just kind of stick with, with people that I can uh, help the most. And, you know, I could basically scale the most. So yeah, that's basically how I, I came across it. Love it. And authors definitely, I mean, out of everyone out there, I think really need more help than most because we are creative in a different fashion, right? Getting the words on paper, drawing someone into a story or a narrative. But if you don't have everything on the outside working in tandem, it's hard to get anyone to even realize how good a book you've written. Exactly. And that's a problem that I ran to, I think, the first time, because we tried to, to uh, publish an author from scratch. So he was like from zero and he started publishing and so on. And this is when it's important, and especially if you have people that are looking to start writing something. This is what we've learned. So this author, she was an author. She was great. She was writing mystery thrillers and suspense. And her books were great, like really, really good, high quality books. But for two, two to three months, we really struggled to sell the book or the books that she had. And the reason was that we basically found out is that her, her book was not really positioned accordingly to the market. So she was trying to be more unique, uh, have a cover that stands out and it's a bit different in order to stand out. Like that's what I see most of the, the authors think about when they think about a cover. And then we made all the twitches and we tried everything when it came to ads, Amazon has Facebook has everything, but we changed the blurb, the description, tried to make it a better appeal to other people, tried to associate ourselves with other authors. And it was still kind of not working. And then the, the main thing that started to make a difference was when we redesigned the cover and we basically positioned ourselves or we, we created a cover that was very similar to the best-selling author in that industry. And when we did that, it was very easy for people to say, Hey, I've seen a book that's very similar to this. The book description is very similar as well. And then it was easier for them to give you a shot because as a new author, you're trying to penetrate a market. So you do that by associating yourself with something that they already tried or, or they, they read. And that's a very easy way to, to get in. Cause if you're too different, they don't really, it's a high risk for them. Like, why would I try someone that, you know, it's not very clear what they're writing about. It looks very different than what I, what I usually read. So then you're just adding friction, friction to the whole process. Yeah. Love it. What's something that you enjoy the most about what you do working with authors? I enjoy the most. Well, obviously the results that we're getting. So anytime that I see some sort of breakthrough or we do a successful launch and we see that we, you know, we, attain, we, we achieve the goals that we set. Right. So that's, I think the most successful things. And usually the things that I like the most is when I come with ideas that actually have an impact. Right. So when I just step out of my role basically, or, and I just say, Hey, I think we should change the cover or we should change the title or we need to adjust the blurb and then we make an adjustment and then it works. Right. So then it just gives me some sort of satisfaction that everything that I'm putting in and everything that I'm learning about the market, you know, works. So I think that's, that's the thing that I enjoy the most. Yeah. Validation is great when people take your advice and it works out the way you expect or sometimes better than you expect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
And that's also an interesting thing. So there's a Facebook group, it's around 68,000 members. And this is where I posted like my whole process of how I go about ads. It's very simple step-by-steps because I know authors, they really not tech savvy. So I don't go into like very technical things. I just tell them exactly what to do. And I posted this, this case study, basically like how we, the whole process that we use to scale an author. And then I think three or four months later, I got a message from an author and she basically said that she achieved her dream of becoming a six figure author. So she basically scaled her business from $5,000 a month to, I think she did $22,000 a month in the fourth month after she started implementing this. So this is also something that, you know, like really, I enjoy a lot when I see uh, things like this, because sometimes there's something that you share that really clicks with them and it kind of makes them unlock everything and they're able to go to the next level. So thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by pen for hire. Have you always wanted to write a book, but just can't seem to find the time. Do you have an amazing story to tell, but don't enjoy writing at pen for hire. We specialize in extracting the words from your head and turning them into compelling written content. And we do it in your voice. So not only does the story get told, but no one will ever know you didn't do the writing. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to find out more today. And now back to the interview. Now, I would imagine on the flip side, you've probably seen some horrible marketing blunders from clients that you've worked with. What are some of the worst things that you've seen in terms of people trying to get results selling their book? So this is going to be interesting because this kind of goes against what, what most authors are being taught. So the traditional way of marketing a book with ads is usually, especially on Facebook, is like they put a, a book cover on an image. So they put their own book cover and then they put some reviews and then they put the pricing or it's like it's $2.99 or it's $10.99 and so on. And what I've seen, this is probably the worst approach that I've ever tried because it's a very logical way or it's a very logical approach to selling a book. And depending on what you write, like some people read books because they want to feel emotions, right? Like if they, they read romance, like they want to relieve those fantasies that they had in, in, you know, when they were young or maybe they still have them. So they read it to get, it's like an escapism or they're trying to feel some sort of uh, feeling. So for example, for mystery, readers, what they really want is a book that it's very hard to predict. It's hard to figure out who did it, right? Who's behind this whole thing. And they want to figure it out. So them being able to figure it out, that gives them a sort of a a sense of importance. They're smart, you know, they can figure things out. So understanding the reasons why they read and then using those, those feelings to market a book. I think that's the most uh, powerful way to market a book and logic on the other side, it's because you're just selling them a price. Like, it's like, hey, this book is $2.99, buy mine. Well, I can go buy a 99 cent book or whatever. So try, try and, and sell them what they want out of a, a book, right? Like, that's what I, I would say. Yeah, that's such a great point because you, you've got me thinking about other, and not like a book is a huge purchase, but for somebody as a reader, monetarily, it might not be a lot of money, but it's going to be hours of your time that you're investing yeah. into reading it. So you want to know that's going to be time well spent best car salespeople in the world. When you go to a car dealership, they want you to sit in that car. They want yeah. you to take it for the test drive because exactly. then you're connecting that emotion and that 
relation to how it's making you feel. It's not just a purchase. Exactly, exactly. And that's why, you know, like writing and reading, it's a huge market. It's a very huge market. And, you know, like you have to understand what, what people want. It's just like reading, like watching a movie, you know, like we all want to, to watch a movie that you wish you, you could forget it so you can watch it again for the first time, you know? So that feeling, it's the same applies in, in books as well. So if you can, you know, translate this emotion into your copy and make them like hyped about this book and actually delivering this in the book, of course, like this is very important. Like you can't just lie about a book that it's amazing and it's not. And that's why you need, you need like a really good writing, right? So you need someone to understand what they're doing. You need good editing. The most successful uh, authors that I work with are the ones that put the most effort into crafting the books, right? And they work with professionals, like really the most expensive people on the market, they are the ones that stand out in the long term. Like if they go for like whatever, just to make a quick buck, like you can make a few dollars in a month or three, but then it's just going to drop. Right. And if you want to sell books for long periods of times, then you do need high quality books. Otherwise, you know, like you can't really play the game. Right. Eventually it catches up to you. Word gets out yeah. that, you know, you, you wrote one really good book and then the next four were trash just to hook people in. Yeah. So I know you're going to touch on this at the end and you kind of already did touch on the free case study, but I'm curious in your own words, and, and you don't have to give away everything, but how do you go about creating an obsessed fandom? So in order to create it, I think the most important thing is that you need to appeal to your audience. And this is, you know, people think it's some sort of trick or whatever, but you need to think of the first step, like wh why would they read you? Or like, how can they give you a chance? Like, that's the first step. You need to make sure that they would give you a chance. And that's the most important one. Because if you are able to do that, then you are able to put a lot of money behind, behind the ads, Amazon ads or Facebook ads. And then, you know, you just got to give them what they want to read. So an interesting second point that I would make is, you know, people can write great books, but they, they write it off market. So... If it's not something that they're really interested in, they won't continue to read. So a book can have really good reviews, but it won't sell a lot, right? So that's why it's very important to understand what they want and then try to give them that. If, and this is if, you want to sell a lot of books. Because if you just want to make a reading, then it's not as important. If you just want to be an author and just publish a few books, that's okay. You can write about whatever you want. But even having one book, that would allow you to capture new readers, like that's important. Because then you can go ahead and write something else that you enjoy writing and they will give you a chance because they already read something that, you know, they enjoy. So you just have to give them a way to come to you. And that's by, you know, having a book that's, that's marketing, marketable and appealing to a larger audience of people. That is an interesting point because it almost runs counterintuitive to a lot of what what I've encountered and the advice, and maybe we'll, we can touch on the difference between fiction and nonfiction, but I've always been wary of writing to a trend or writing to a specific market if that's not truly something you're passionate about, right? Yeah. I almost feel like for me, and I'd love your thoughts, like I can't write Western romance because I don't like Westerns and I don't like romance. Right. So for me, it doesn't matter how much the Western romance market is looking for books right now. I'm probably going to fail in their eyes because I don't know what they want to read. Right, right. 
right? So how would you advise someone there if, if they're, you know, they don't have the desire to write to a niche that's going to do well? So I think, well, you have to first identify what niche you're writing to, right? Because in every niche, there are important tropes or like tropes that people are attracted to or topics that people are attracted to. And that's going to be the tip of your spear in marketing, right? So if you write even a book that's not selling as a romance novel, because that's okay, like a lot of authors write different stuff that don't sell on such a high demand, but you need to identify what they really like about that specific topic that you're writing about. And then you have to position or like put in front the things that are more appealing to them. And then you can write about whatever you want, but as long as you have those things that are appealing in your book, you can present it or position yourself as something that they want to read. So that can be done even with books. Like that's how sometimes we, I don't know, not rebrand books, but there are books that are good, but they don't sell well. What we do is we just take whatever is appealing from the book and put it in the front, in the description, in the cover. We make the cover appeal to, you know, a specific audience that sells a lot or the most that from what they're writing. So yeah, it's, it, I think it's a lot about positioning yourself. So if you position close to what sells a lot, then you, they will give you a chance. And it can be that your book is a little bit different, but if it's good and they enjoy it, they're still going to read it, you know, and they're going to continue reading. So just how deep in this process do you go with your clients? If someone brings you a book, let's say they bring you a book that hasn't been selling. It sounds to me like earlier you mentioned you will go actually read the book and extract what you think they need to focus on to rebrand their marketing campaign. Well, funny enough, I don't actually read any of the books that I market because I'm, I'm, I take a more objective approach on everything, right? Like I, cause I'm not a reader, but I do understand what aspects from that book can sell. I can read like uh, the plot or, you know, just, just not as much as the whole book, but I can understand what the book is about. And then I go and I, I study the market and I say, okay, I just analyze everything that's out there. And then I look at the best-selling books and I see what they have all in common. And then I look at the ones that are not selling so well. And I see why those are not selling so well. And usually what I find the best-selling books, they usually are very broad or very simple to understand, right? It's not like, you combine a lot of things and then you just put them all out in, uh, in the description. The, the more complex and the more topics you, you touch upon in the description, the more people are going to be put away because some people are not going to be interested in whatever you say there. But if you put forward the most appealing thing, they will give you a shot. And then it doesn't matter if you put other things in because those other authors that are selling well, they also mention other things in their books that maybe you wouldn't find appealing. But the fact that they don't mention that, they're not basically putting people off it's just like me you know i could say i do marketing for authors right so already i'm pushing away a lot of businesses right they don't want to work with me because it doesn't apply to them in a similar way books sell in a similar way like if you put too many things in the front they won't give you a chance because it's too you know it's too specific one of the statements I live by, one of the only pieces of marketing advice I ever give to anyone when they're starting to write a book is define your audience because if you try to write for everybody, you'll wind up writing for nobody. Exactly. Yeah. I'm curious about a couple last things before we bring it back to the, uh, the case study, your website and working with you. You are, you're based in Europe, correct? Yes. Do you know, have you noticed any trend or is it easier to market books in a certain marketplace versus another? Like, is it easier in Europe versus the States? I would say the States is the, the, probably the best market. And then the other ones are not as scalable and are not as big. So, and then the UK, they'll usually have 
I, I've noticed on the UK, they usually have their own type of books, right? So a book that would sell really well in the US might sometimes not sell as well in the UK. So we're not really able to scale things very hard on, on the UK because they have their own kind of a culture and, you know, books are written in their own slang and all those things. Got it. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Social media isn't about simply posting links to your book multiple times on a day on every platform you can think of. It is a complex process that takes time and strategy, as well as content and purpose. Creating and managing social media campaigns can feel like a full-time job, especially if you don't already love doing it. Don't wait until your book is done to think about how to tell the world about it. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. All right, last question, because I know fandom, for me, that it really rings fiction, right? Like you yeah. think of Star Wars and you think of all these Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones. You get these obsessed fans who will go around dressing up like characters, attending every single event. Are you able to carry over that same strategy for nonfiction books? And if so, how? I would say, I would say no. To say that you would market a fiction book uh, the same way as a nonfiction book, I, I don't think that they really apply the same. Because in fiction, it's more about, as I said, it's like feelings, the reason why they write, they read. And then in nonfiction, usually they want to learn something, right? So it's the benefit of what they're actually getting out of that book how that book's going to make their life better and just basically focusing like on the benefits and and making them understand what what they're getting from that book i think it's it's a better strategy than you know just going about feelings selling a nonfiction book i don't think that would, that would be the best approach got it and now does it matter to you how long a book has been out so if an author's had their book out for six months a year and they come to you and say hey it was selling and now it's not or it never was is, is there any kind of time frame there where you think it's too late to help them? No. So I wouldn't necessarily look at the, the time, right? Like we've marketed, we've marketing books that were published in 2015, which is kind of old and we still are able to sell them. <laughs> I would say the books that are published more fresh, they usually do better, but you can still sell a, an older book. What I do look at is, yeah, this is a bit technical, but it's basically read through. So if they have multiple books, I'm, I'm basically looking of how many people that read book one ended up booking another, uh, reading another book and so on. And if this read through is high, then profitability is going to be high as well. If it's low, that means people are not really interested in reading everything. So it's not going to be as profitable. And I would say the key to profitability in writing books is not just having a good book, just one. It's like capturing book uh, readers with one book and then selling the other ones without ads, like that's the ideal one. So, so when, are you, if I'm hearing correctly, then are you suggesting that in order to get that read through or that obsession that all the books should be series and not just standalones? I would say series are more profitable. Overall, they're way more profitable and more predictable because what you're doing, you're just focusing on bringing people in and you, you do that for years, basically. Whereas on standalones, they usually have a, a shorter shelf time, right? So they're there for like a few days, or not a few days, like a few months, and then they usually kind of lose the momentum. And then it, with standalones, if you don't really give them a reason to go through the series, right? So maybe putting the same characters from book one, you can put them in book two and then just give them a reason to go from book to book, then they usually won't read it. 
right? So that's why series, they have cliffhangers, they have a series plot, and that really helps them do the sale between books. Whereas in standalones, if you don't give them a reason, then it, it's going to be harder. And the, mo the best approach for standalone people is to capture the emails. Like that should be their number one focus is to build an email list. So then they can then sell those books, other books to people via email. If, if the books can't make it, then they have to figure out a way to do it via email. Got it. That, this has been incredibly helpful. Last thing, if you would be so kind, share with everybody a little bit more on that case study you mentioned, how they can get it and what, what the benefit to them will be. Right. So if they go to novamediamarketing.net, then there's a button there that says free, free ebook, and then they can just go there and download it. It's basically a case study where we scaled an author from, I think it was 6.5K to 15K in three months. And we just lay out the, the whole uh, process, basically, what we did in the first one. And it's very simple, step-by-step. -step. You know, it's, it's not complex. It's not technical. Anyone can basically understand it. And we just tell you exactly what we did. And it turns out like we have people that implemented the same thing and it worked for them as well. So I was surprised to see it. And that's why we just took basically this post and we put it into a case study because I think it's, it's going to be useful for, for authors. And I would say this is applies for fiction authors. So if you're a nonfiction, then probably this wouldn't really help you as much. So, yeah. Incredible. Vlad, I've learned a lot from our time together. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time, especially knowing it, it's rather late where you are right now. I'm yeah. sure everyone listening here in the fiction vein definitely took something away from this. Hopefully you're thinking about contacting Vlad at a bare minimum, download the free case study, see what you can put into action, how you feel about the advice, the content, and then reach out to him at novamediamarketing.net to find out about how you can take your work of fiction and turn it into something that you and your family can live comfortably off of. I really appreciate you taking the time today, Vlad. It, it's been an absolute pleasure and I always enjoy learning something. Same here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'll talk to you soon.